No, we call timeout. Huh? Bro, it's a first down. It's a first down. We got a minute and 20 seconds left. Y'all boys gonna play mad? to you a day later than we normally scheduled but uh you know both our schedules are really busy boy Merv is a father full-time and uh, unfortunately bad owner to a fantasy football team but I'm gonna let him talk about that say what's up look man I appreciate you ragging on me man uh, I got a simple question for you and everybody out there man uh what do me the Arizona Cardinals and my fantasy team all have in common well, we all seem to be we all seem to be dead sick and no, we all seem to be sick and need to be put out of our misery at this point. Look, uh, I don't claim myself to be the guy who knows everything, but I knew Eric Ebron was going to go bananas last night. I couldn't get a trade for him, and nobody's more pissed off than me. But I digress. It's been a rough season this year in fantasy for me. I haven't took a loss to you, and nobody's happy about that. But it's a life we live, I guess. I even won. I even won last night. Playing defense. Yeah, well, some guys get all the luck, man. All the luck. Speaking of all the luck, man. Um, okay, so real quick, because we got a lot to talk about in the NFL, but I want to knock out some NBA news since we only talk about the NBA a lot because the preseason just started. Um, now, here's my question. Number one, did you hear about the Grizzlies? Most definitely, the relocation. All right, now, the of that specifically is that for some reason, and I don't know why, but Seattle's really pushing to get a team back out there. Uh, but but they'll have to wait because apparently the next loophole in the FedEx and Memphis Grizzlies deal is that they won't be able to make any moves until at least 2021. Now, who knows what happened by then? You know, expansion do happen, but because of the TV rights, there probably won't be another one until 2025. But now, how do you feel about the, the Memphis Grizzlies, if you care at all, about them going and taking the place of a Seattle team and leaving Tennessee with no team at all? Well, I mean, let's really think about it. You know, you got you got maybe like one really super fan of the Memphis Grizzlies, which is Justin Timberlake, and he's a majority owner. But mm-hmm. Tennessee is kind of known for football. It's, it's probably the Titans, the Volunteers, and then it's then is the uh, Memphis. So, you know, you got to, you, you know, you got to prioritize, you know, you you never, you never really hear a lot about the fan base buzzing in Memphis, even though they've been, I want to say perennial playoff team, but they've been in the playoffs quite a few, quite a few times. So, I don't know. I mean, I, do you think, do you honestly think the, the NBA was better when they had a, uh, a Seattle team, or do you think it's better in the state of in the state right now? It is when they they can leave, they'll leave uh, Memphis, and you know, to me, if, okay, if they talk in Seattle, why not send Memphis back to Vancouver and bring those alternate jerseys back? Well, because nobody else is trying to go see games in Canada besides the Raptors, and we don't like to see that anyway. And number two, 
I, I agree with them moving back to Seattle. That brings a legacy back to Seattle. You have a championship from the Seattle, Seattle Supersonics. I think it's a, it's a cleaner break leaving, let's say, a team like Memphis leaving Tennessee and going to Seattle than it is for maybe a team that's more ingrained into the civilization of a, of, of a location. They've won championships. You're not going to see a situation where, you know, the Lakers move or the Knicks move. Uh, you yeah, even... yeah, obviously you're not going to see the big market teams move, you know, even though the Knicks are not uh, a scary team, but, you know, they're, they're, they got their roots in New York. I, I mean, obviously, Phil, I feel what you're saying, the, the big market team. Definitely uh, Memphis is a smaller market team. They hardly ever on TV. I think uh, the big the big teams have to have the night off you see, for you to see a Memphis game or Memphis has to be playing one of the better teams in the NBA. So, I mean, it, it, it'll, again, if it does happen, like you said, probably would to what? After the contracts of TV and stadium, it'd be what, 2025? Yeah, it'd be about 2025. That would be that the, the, the contract for the FedEx Forum um, is up in 2021, which will leave a loophole for Grizzlies to move. Um, if that doesn't happen, then they'd have to hope for an expansion team to occur. Next time expansion will occur, it'll be next time TV negotiations occur, and that won't be till 2025. So, I mean, I guess we'll see how it goes. But as soon as we talk yeah, about so people... I'm pretty sure we can pick up this conversation in about five years. <laughs> Basically. Uh, now, now, and my, and my fantasy football team was still sucked by then. Uh, so, uh, speaking of people moving, moving, being made in the NBA, I posted up on our Instagram page uh, at, at Mike.Merv uh, about the coming free agency market of 2018-2019, but there are a couple moves that are potentially being made before the the end of even even to the, the All-Star break. Um, the question I wanted to ask you, Mike, is um, what's your philosophy when it comes to a franchise? Are you a win-now kind of guy? or build to the future kind of dude? Well, in this day and age, obviously, you know, you have to draft smart, but you know, a savvy guy like me, and I'm pretty sure you'll probably feel the same way. I want to win championships. So if I'm an owner and I have to go over the luxury tax, 40, 50, maybe 80 million, I'm, I'm all in. Now, now I say that to say, would you, would you, would you, would you potentially refinance your future you know mortgage your future uh for for a win now team meaning that would you pick up a guy such as you know jimmy butler and give up a say if you're the sixers a guy like ben simmons oh i mean now you know we're talking trading players no but i mean i obviously know why you bring this up there was talk between uh minnesota and uh philadelphia and Minnesota wanted Simmons in return. You know, I don't. I don't think that's a fair trade. No, no offense to Jimmy Butler, but obviously Simmons shows what he, he can do healthy. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't think that was smart on Philly. I'm glad they didn't pull the trigger and got got desperate. They definitely have a young core that they is more than more than equipped to, you know, possibly be the top seed in the East because we don't know how the Raptors are going to take a step back. Cleveland. Tristan Thompson thinks that the East still got to run through Cleveland. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with that guy, <laughs> but uh, definitely, uh, yeah. That that I wouldn't I wouldn't risk my future. I when I say that I'm a win now guy, I would rather pay Jimmy Butler than to trade a young and upcoming asset like uh, like a Ben Simmons. That's now, that's resetting your future 
five or six years. Now, now, what about a higher potential? Now, what about a guy who maybe is not not close to a rookie status, such as a, a Ben Simmons, but a guy that still shows a lot of upside and potential? Uh, so, if you are the Clippers, um, would you be willing to give up, you know, potentially potentially a pick and Tobias Harris for a Jimmy Butler situation? Oh yeah, most definitely. Because, like I said, you know, in, in today's NBA, no offense to the guys coming out. It's kind of hit or miss because, you know, it's not really outside maybe the top four guys that get drafted. Everybody else is a hit or miss and everybody else is raw. You know, some of those guys should be staying in college. But we talked about this in past episodes for viewers that just tuning in. It's in the archives. Yeah, it's in the archives. You know, uh, some guys, you know, they just get in it. They just feel like their game can be taken to the next level because they want to take care of their family, which is fine. But, you know, like I said, you know, uh, definitely if I was a team like the Clippers, you know, they trying to, Jimmy Butler just did, did express interest, you know, Spy Harris is a high volume scorer. So I think it would be, honestly, I think uh, Timberwolves get better if they do ever pull the trigger on that. So that's, that, that may be a legit trade uh, coming down the pipe. You never know. All right, so, so if I understand you're telling me right now that, that you don't believe Jimmy Butler is a type of player that could change the face of a franchise Really understandable. You know, the band does have amazing upside, but it can go sideways really quick. Real quick, I'd also like to mention that uh, we've got word that uh, Kyrie has been trying to court Anthony Davis about potentially coming and becoming another super team out in Boston. Uh, now, I mentioned that because of the fact that they've also been word that Anthony Davis has joined uh, the same uh, manager representative firm as LeBron James. So there's rumors of him also heading out west. Now, from what you know, which, which is what we, we, we in the general public know from we read and piece together through the internet, um, do you see him more likely heading out to Boston or heading and becoming a Laker in the 2019 free agency? Well, Anthony Davis, you know, I, I feel like he got a taste of how the NBA works when uh, your boy Boogie Cousins left him. He, he thought Boogie Cousins was coming back. He wore... Boogie Cousins jersey to the All-Star game. Um, I, I feel like your boy got a taste of how how much of a business it is and how much, you know, friends are teaming up. Basically, that's that's what it is. Friends are calling friends, texting, texting each other like, hey, look, let's do this. Let's do that. So I, I do not see him going to the Lakers because obviously, you know, LeBron – a lot of I might you know I might ruffle a few feathers with this, but LeBron's on the the back end of his career, even though he's still you know LeBron. So I think Anthony Davis entering uh, maybe he I think he's what two or three years away from his prime. Mm-hmm. So he's looking at he's looking at you know a time in a, in his when it's coming up in his career where he's going to be you know pretty much the best basketball player in the NBA. You know, and that's that's I stand by that. Um, he, if I was him, and you know, okay, is that you want to live in a nice place in LA and play LeBron Shadow for three, four, or three years, four years? Cause I think LeBron, yeah, LeBron signed four years. Um, if I was him, I'd go to Boston, man. Brad Stevens is definitely a coach, a player's coach. You know, he gets the most out of his guys. Look, he, he made Terry Rozier, uh, uh, noticeable, Marcus Smart. All those guys, you know, um, definitely 
if I was Anthony Davis, I, if he does make the decision to leave and not take the Supermax, I would definitely go to Boston. Fair enough, fair enough. One last guy that's supposed to be making that long trip, that long flight out from the West Coast to the East Coast is uh, Kevin Durant. A lot of Kevin Durant is looking to uh, be the face of uh, New York basketball going to the New York Knicks in the offseason. Now, don't get me wrong. Every team in the NBA has put their hat in the ring for the Kevin Durant lottery. Uh, you know, definitely probably a really, really epic free agency for the man. Uh, even after being, you know, heralded as as a as as a scab as far as the NBA is concerned, with jumping to a team that beat him and and joining what is essentially the super team out in the West. Uh, high or low, do you believe Kevin Durant becomes a Nick at the end of the 2018-2019 season? That's very low, and then when I say low, uh, I'm saying out of respect to all my family members and my brother and a couple of people that I do know that are Knicks fans. It's very low. The only way he goes to the Knicks is if they offer him more than what Curry got, more than what it's. It, they would have to offer him, and they would have to do, give him like a John Gruden deal. Like he's like part GM. Uh, it's, it's it would be ridiculous what the Knicks have to offer him. Understandable, man. Understandable, man. And with that, we're gonna take our first commercial break real quick. We're gonna pay some bills, and we'll be right back. I'm black man from the offensive line. Now I know what you're thinking. <laughs> I don't even sound like black man. That's because the offensive line has been doing a couple new things. And I want to share those with you. Yes, we went through some changes. Now, Alpha Man is a little different. Thanks to Damien Cross, he actually changed things around a little bit for us. But don't worry. We're still going to say things like this. <clears throat> if, it makes you, if it makes you feel better, I saw a stripper pull a tampon out of a pussy. That is on, on Instagram. Disgusting. And let's not forget stuff like this. The Asian dude with the black girlfriend yes. and tried to um, suck his dick? Yes. Okay. Okay. He remembers. Oh, of course he remembers. Mm. And don't freak out. We're going to still have new stories like this. Come on, Ron called him the Catch Me If You Can molester. <laughs> if, you've ever, if you've ever seen Catch Me If You Can, he just fucking cons his way to any job he wants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Molest me if you can. <laughs> Come to a theaters near you. <laughs> Still directed by Steven Spielberg. That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we want it's actually the sequel. But yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio's coming back. Yeah, this one just molest me if you can. He's fat this time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so no worries. The fit salon will still be just as fantastic as you remembered. And also, you can still catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, our website, OffensiveLine.net, and even on Radio Vegas Rocks. <laughs> right? Offensive Line. Being just as shitty as you. <laughs> hey, and we're back. Now, we get into the nitty-gritty of this week. Uh, there are a few things that happened in the NFL. Uh, I talked to you, America, last week about a few things that I, that I thought would happen. A lot of things did happen. A few keynotes I'm going to go into, and then me and me and Mike are going to run down uh, week four. Uh, that seem to have balanced out the NFL. Everything seems to make more sense now, such as Ryan Fitzgerald and the Buccaneers shocked the league by doing what? Playing, like Ryan. Yeah. Play, playing like Ryan Fitzgerald and the Buccaneers. Uh, the Dolphins come down with a case of the screaming Foxborough yips. So that defense was all but nothing at this point. Uh, the Falcons, Eagles, and Lions snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory. 
rookie quarterbacks play like rookie quarterbacks. And for some reason, Mitchell Trubisky goes Super Saiyan. So uh, what are your thoughts on this past week in the NFL, Mike? Well, uh, let me start off by saying his name is Ryan Fitzpatrick, but we're not here for autocorrects. Um, my, bad, my bad. I forgot to do his name because he'll never start in the NFL again. No, 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 no. I mean, it's all good, baby. Uh, like, I don't know who told Mitchell Trubisky that he was he was trash or he needed to step up. But coming into that uh, week four game, he had, I think, three passing touchdowns. And he hit five, five different receivers on five different passing touchdowns. Now, you know, that may not sound in today's day and age of the passing league that the NFL has become. Um, but that's, that's, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty unique. Um, he, that was definitely the game that impressed me. Obviously, Carolina was on a bye. So, you know, I had to, I had to do my notes a little bit more diligent. Uh, Trubisky, he definitely showed up. You know, Tampa's not, Tampa's defense is not the best defense, but it's still considered the NFL defense. So when you can say, when Trubisky can go home and tell his girlfriend or his dog or whatever, hey, the game was over in the first quarter. I was just playing for fantasy points after that. That was I a pretty good day, if you ask me. I got to believe that somewhere in, in Tampa, they had Mitchell Trubisky's father locked, like just t- hog-tied over gambling debts, and he had everything riding on that game. Yeah, because uh, that was pretty much – it was a game of hit and miss, and that man did not so, – uh, I wanted to mention real quick. Uh, now, how do you feel about the way the Ravens are playing currently? Hey, listen. Obviously, somebody told Joe Flacco to listen to our podcast, and he heard where, how you feel about the man. Because outside of you know, outside of that, I wouldn't say you know weak loss. You know they had, but the Ra- the Ravens are they they're looking like the Ravens of five or six years ago. Now I'm not gonna say they have the same defense, but. They're they're not playing bad on they're not bad on defense, and they're actually if you look at the numbers they're actually pretty good on offense, and you know you you might not want to hear this but num- numbers don't lie you know me and you are number guys. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco is is pl- is kind of playing lights out football right now. Look, man, I, I'm not going to argue the Ravens drastically upgraded their receiving core and that whole thing reintroduced downfield passing and, and adding Lamar Jackson in the wildcat and funky formations on offense, bro. It's changed the game for, for, for everybody in Baltimore. I'm not going to argue. I mean, also, you know, I don't, you know, you know, I don't like to cut nobody off. You got to pay attention to their running game. It's not putting up crazy yards, but they got Buck Allen and Alex Collins running the ball out of the backfield. They're definitely tight end heavy on that team. They have three tight ends on that team, I think, with over six catches already. So they're definitely, you know, they're definitely introducing a power football back. And uh, Joe Flacco, I, hey, man, I guess it took them bringing a former Heisman Trophy, two former Heisman Trophy winners in for him to act right. And, uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's looking like playoff Joe. I'm just saying. I'm just saying the Ravens are somebody to watch. All right, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna list a few upset games, and I want you to tell me uh, what's to blame. All right, we're gonna play the blame game. Is that cool with you? Hey, that's a new game, just in case, and everybody <laughs> just tuning in. This is the blame game. 
All right, so uh, the Bengals, who somehow stumble and fumble and everything else into wins every week, uh, beat the Atlanta Falcons, who were in the Super Bowl two years prior, uh, 37 to 36. Who's to blame? Definitely the Falcons, bro. Listen, the Falcons can't hold a glass of water if you put it in their hand. They can't hold the lead. Uh, I don't. I I don't know what's the mentality of the team. Dan Quinn, a very good coach, uh, built pretty much built the Legion of Boom out of Seattle. Just in case anybody doesn't know, um, he basically brought the Seattle uh, mindset to Atlanta. But think about it. Seattle's known for making bad calls. Atlanta, when it counts, when it counts for Atlanta, they're not there. Huh. You know, they're one and three. I mean, obviously, you know, they beat us, but they almost blew the lead against us. If we had maybe five more minutes in that game, we would have beat Atlanta. Atlanta would be 0-4, and Dan Quinn would probably be on the hot seat. Uh, Matt Ryan has lost his touch. I feel bad for Julio Jones. He hasn't scored a receipt. This, you know, you're a stats guy, and I'm a stats guy. Huh. Julio Jones has not scored a receiving touchdown since last year, week 12. In his defense, in his defense, though, he still is on par to have a 2,000-yard receiving year. He's getting the ball. It's just not working out for him in the red zone. Listen, but, how, how weird does it look? Okay, I mean, you're going to have 2,000 yards receiving with four touchdowns. No, you're right. I mean, I can't argue with that at all. Uh, next game will be uh, the Titans, the surprisingly well-put-together Titans team, uh, uh, beating the the current Super Bowl world football champion, Philadelphia Eagles, 26 to 23 in overtime. Okay, Mike, so who's to blame? Would you look at me crazy and say that there's nobody to blame, that just the Titans were better than the Eagles on that day? Uh, I don't, I disagree. Uh, I think the Eagles are to blame. The Eagles dropped like six passes with just Nelson Aguilar alone. Uh, you know, they committed penalties, cost them about 77 yards. Uh, you know, it just is, is, of course, you know, Davis isn't Jerry Rice or anything, but, but the Eagles quarterback, Jalen Mills and others made it, made him look like it. It was, it was embarrassing out there. Uh, the Titans looked like studs. I believe a hundred percent it is on both sides of the ball for the Philadelphia Eagles. Hey, the Titans are definitely a sleeping, a sleeping giant in, in, in the AFC. They can get it together and keep everybody healthy. Still not convinced on their run game, but uh, their defense is defense is very, very under the radar, which is something to watch going forward because, you know, defense will get you far in the playoffs. I definitely see the Titans getting in as a wild card team. So, I mean, I mean, I, you know, I don't feel like arguing too much with you on that one. <laughs> I definitely okay. think it was more the Eagles' false than the Titans' doing. All right, uh, a team that 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 we shouldn't even be discussing at this point, but it was an upset nonetheless. Uh, we got the Cowboys, uh, who were winless before this, uh, defeating the whoever they feel like showing up being Detroit Lions, twenty six to twenty four. Ezekiel Elliott generating two hundred and forty scrimmage yards, leaving the rest of the team in only one hundred and seventy four to split between them. Uh, Mike, who's to blame? The Detroit Lions. I mean, uh, they had a game. Carry uh, on Johnson was running the ball good. Their rookie running back, Golden Tate, making Jordan Lewis and and uh, 
uh, Heath, the Cowboys' safety, look look like little school children. Uh, they definitely had control of the game, but like I said, you gotta you can't play three quarters and a half, uh, three and a half. You you can't play. You gotta play four quarters of football. Obviously, Dallas still thinks that Dallas Prescott is the answer, and I'm not gonna point any fingers to a certain co-host of mine that thought that thinks that on the past show said that Prescott would win the Super Bowl. The same guy that said Ciara's husband will win the MVP. I'm not here to point fingers. I'm just here to spread love. Sound like you're putting, you know you putting a lot of fingers. Sound like you're putting a lot of fingers right now. Listen, I'm just here to spread love, peace, love, and harmony always. Uh, definitely, it was the it was the cat it was the game, but they made so many mistakes and the Cowboys barely won. So that that just tells you what more. I think that tells us more about the Cowboys than it did the Lions, honestly. All right, and and finally, uh, we got the winless uh, Texans uh, defeating uh, the the talent-starved team uh, who has beaten other teams for no apparent reason, Indianapolis Colts, 37-34 in overtime. Um, you know, J.J. Watt and Clowney combined for four sacks in that game, uh, and Texas office showed up in the fourth quarter with something they haven't done in the first three games at all. Uh, who's the blame for the Texans beating the Colts? Uh, I would say the Colts' offensive line. You know, there's no reason Andrew Luck coming off shoulder injury that two guys should combine for four sacks. And I pretty and I I, I took a glimpse on that game, but uh, he definitely has a lot of quarterback hits. So you you, you got to protect the guy, man. Uh, the Colts' offensive line has not been good, and I'm gonna say this now since probably since 2009, and that's the last time they were in the Super Bowl. So it's been a long time coming up on 10 years since they had a legit offensive line. They probably out of 32 teams, their offensive line for me ranks 33rd. It's, it's atrocious. Um, any bad word that the fans and me and you can think of. You got to associate that with the Colts offensive line. <laughs> Fair enough. Now that we're done with a lot of the 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 the, the downside, the more depressing part of the week last week, uh, I want to bring up a few stats uh, that you get to see. Um, now, just let you know right now that currently in the NFL, uh, that this is this week is on par to be the the highest scoring season in NFL history. Uh, period. Uh, the average NFL game this season has featured. Uh, 48.1 points, which is up nearly 10% from 43.9 during the first four weeks of the 2017 season. It's on pace to be the highest scoring season in NFL history uh, by a margin of 327 points uh, over the 2013 campaign. Uh, on top of that, you put in the fact that this is just uh, this is just about on track to be the first 1,400 touchdown season in league history. Only three seasons previous this have reached 1,300 touchdowns. NFL games are averaging 725 total yards, which is a record pace. And teams are averaging 5.6 yards per play. What's, per, what's, per, what's, what's a little bit weird about this is that it appears that none of this has anything to do with my fantasy team. I don't know who's getting these damn yards, but ain't nobody I got. That's for damn sure. Uh-oh. And you know, you know how me and you, we watch, we watch the, uh, the Rams and uh, Vikings play which I have to pick up the tab. If fans don't know, we had a little bet in that game. The loser of that game picks up the tab next time we go out. So I have to pick up the tab next time we go out. But 
me and Merv, we were talking about stuff that goes full circle. Last year, NFL ratings were down by 12, I think 12.5%. This year, they're up. And it's entirely due to the offensive production. Fantasy football, people are paying attention more because everybody but Merv's team is getting yards in fantasy football. Um, No shade thrown there, even though they're still light out. I'm just, I'm just saying. The, every look, Chester Rogers. Nobody heard of him going coming into the season. The man is averaging in the PPR league ten points per game. Chester Rogers. He came in last year. He was the Colts' fourth wide receiver. This guy's that's just manipulating this this high scoring offense that that's pretty much the NFL now. It's pretty much it. I, it's pretty much the Arena Football League now. No, I got you, man. I'm, I'm gonna run down a few things real quick. Um, I got Breeze, uh, who set a new single season record for completion percentage uh, at 75.8. Uh, I got uh, so Ben Roethlisberger, who set a new season single season record for passing yards with 5,656 yards. Um, and I got Patrick Mahomes, who's gonna who's on pace to set a new single season record for passing touchdowns. Uh, projected at 56, breaking um, like breaking Peyton Manning's record previously of 55 back in 2013. I said it to say this: Have you, Mike, heard Patrick Mahomes' just everyday speaking voice? You're talking about Kermit's uh, adopted son. Can somebody please tell me why the potential uh, MVP of this NFL season sounds like Grover off the goddamn Sesame Street? Hey, listen, that's none of my business. But obviously, I know knowing you, you're going to take care of that. Look, I'm going to go ahead and, 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 and cue this up. I'm going to let you guys listen to this voice real quick. Check this out. All right, so what was the first thing that went through your mind when you heard that the team had agreed to trade Alex Smith to Washington? Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I was at my little brother's basketball game, and I saw all the stuff posted all over social media and got all the calls and texts. Uh, but I was just really – all I'm focused on now is just working hard. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But, hey, man, that's the man speaking voice. The man is putting up numbers that are just out of this world, um, you know, without even the top weapons in the league. Uh, they have not lost a game, still undefeated. The man, the man, as long as barring any major injury, knock on wood, uh, should be on pace to be one of the future stars in this league if he's not arrived already. Um, speaking of that, we also got uh, we also got Jared Goff, who's on set to set the new modern era record for passing yards per attempt at ten point five, and set a single season record for passer rating at one hundred twenty seven point three, uh, with Mahomes right behind him at one twenty six point five. What do you what do you acute to some of these younger quarterbacks having success in the new passing league? Before I give you my analysis side, I just want to say this about Patrick Mahomes, and a lot of people probably think this is crazy. You can check it out for yourself. In Monday night's game, it's the Denver Broncos, Patrick Mahomes, a right hand quarterback, completed a pass with his left hand. So that puts Patrick Mahomes if he doesn't throw an interception for the rest of the season, don't want to jinx him. He will have more completions with his left hand than he does interceptions. But, <laughs> uh, 
I, I mean, listen, golf. We saw him on TV. Golf looking like golf had them looking like the the greatest show on turf, two point uh, These guys are very. They, listen, they're taking advantage of the way the NFL has limited the defense over the past four seasons. It's very hard to play defense in the NFL now, and the offense have all the advantage. Obviously, me and you know the bigger picture is selling tickets and seeing more points scored, seeing more yards. Fans want to see – fans really don't – you know, me and you growing up, we saw gritty defenses and and low-scoring games and 17-14 Super Bowls and stuff like that. Now you're seeing blowout Super Bowls blowout games every Thursday night game is pretty much a blowout if you if you think about it since they they uh started Thursday night offense is what's selling tickets and defense is what's winning championships the regular season the fans want to see offense postseason they want to see defense shout to Not- golfer you know silencing all his crit uh critics uh Patrick Mahomes I wish nothing but con- continued success to him but that man, <laughs> he needs to get vocal surgery or something because I can't take him serious when he talks. <laughs> That's a damn shame. Now, now I'll say this now. Is it is it kind of um, on the bad side of that because it's a pass-first league now? Um, are we seeing situations where players like Le'Veon Bell are on the bad side of the fact that a team doesn't need a 1,000-yard or 2,000 or 1,500-yard rusher anymore to be successful in this league because everybody's hucking and chucking it? Uh, is it just bad place? Is it just bad era, bad timing for a guy like a Le'Veon Bell? No, because you got to think about Le'Veon Bell. Look at last year. He amassed over 1,500 yards of offense, if I'm correct. And he hauled in 87 catches. That was second. I think it would put him second or third on his team and first among running backs. 87 catches. The man was 13 catches away. From a hundred, from a running back, you don't hear that too much. You hear running back, maybe fifty, and you know it's it's it was def, it's definitely some Le'Veon Bell. Like you got guys like maybe like a guy that might hurt from it is maybe like a Frank Gore, uh, one of those older backs that just straight power, like a guy like Derrick Henry or something like that. I got you. I got you. So it's a process of a bygone era because you got guys like an Alvin Kamara who is actually third in receptions in the NFL as of right now of all active Exactly, players. and um, I'm pretty sure him and his homeboy Mike Thomas are going at it right now. Right now, going at it right now. Uh, I will call you out on something. You did state last week that Drew Brees would be the highest-scoring fantasy player of the week, and he actually ended up being in the bottom percentile of quarterbacks and just general – uh, starter uh, fancy players all together, only getting about eight points. Um, but they still pulled out a victory over the G-Men, uh, proving that even without his cape and just coming in with the glasses and being Clark Kent, Drew Brees can still bring the Saints a victory. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, a lot of, you know, the, my Panthers face the Giants this weekend. The Saints, uh, if you think about it, the Saints don't play our outdoors very well. So they definitely had to rely on Kamara. He had a three touchdown game. He had the game walk off. You know, uh, me and you were texting during that game. Mm-hmm. After after he scored that touchdown, I said, you know, it's game over. Kamara had to have 
a rushing game in that game. You know, no offense to Breeze and Peyton and all that, but, they, you know, they don't play good outdoors, and they're not really a good road team, to say the least. Mm-hmm. I, I guess when we won a Super Bowl play on the road, that's crazy. But nah, I don't. Come on, man. You played a Super Bowl in 80-degree weather, man. Anybody could do that. Hey, man, still wasn't at home, but let me say this. Okay, so I'm going to list these eight teams real quick for you, and you tell me of these eight teams uh, which teams will not be at the top of their division rankings uh, by by week eight of this NFL season. So we're already, we're already – right, let's, let's get it. So I got at top of the AFC East, the Miami Dolphins. Hell no. Fair enough. Uh, the AFC West, Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. The AFC North, Cincinnati Bengals. No. All right. The AFC South, Tennessee Titans. No. All right. The NFC East, Washington Redskins. Hell no. All right. Uh, the the NFC West, LA Rams. Most definitely. <laughs> the NFC North, Chicago Bears. Oh. I'm going to go ahead and say yeah. All right. I'd ask you about the NFC South, but then we just get into a whole big fight. Saints are on top this, now. Yeah, on top, this top is, tomorrow. This, this, is gonna this top conversation forever. will last about 25 hours. Look, the Saints are going to be at the top of it right now. We have pretty easy schedule going in. There's a couple traps. Yeah, keep going. We don't want to talk about that. Keep going. Anyway, anyway, then. Anyway, then. Look, we're going to get our notes together. We'll be right back to discuss predictions for week five. Yes, sir. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Mike. Hey, man, this is Merv, man. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, don't forget you can share, like, and subscribe. Uh, catch us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and, of course, the Anchor app. Uh, don't forget to leave those voice comments. We love to listen to them. It gives us ideas for the show. Um, also, if you're on social media, man, don't forget. You can add us on uh, Mike.Merv. We're trying to get a nice, good following. Again, we appreciate all the love. Hey, man, back to the show. And we're back. Uh, as always, I'm going to go through the list of these games real quick for week five predictions and ask Mike his opinion on them, even though I really don't care about his opinion in the long run anyway. Hey. <laughs> All right. Um, since we're a day late, a dollar short on uh, the Thursday night game, um, Indianapolis going to, uh, you know, Foxborough. Nobody saw this being anything than what it was. It was, a, it was a bloodbath from the beginning, and the score doesn't indicate how much of a bloodbath it was at the end. Did anything I mean, so- honestly, you know, Indy went into that game with seven players injured and lost an additional three players. So they're pretty playing. They're pretty much playing with forty-three, and New England was playing with fifty-two. So let's not even talk about that. All right, real quick, uh, the Chicago Bears and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are both on buys. Uh, Chicago Bears toning up gives Cleo Mack a week to rest, and Tampa Bay has to figure out what they're gonna their quarterback back who's not better than the quarterback they had going into the thing all right uh kicking off week week five we got the tennessee titans in heading to buffalo um tennessee titans coming off of you know another another solid win uh they're doing what they do best which is beat teams they're supposed to beat and lose the teams that make no sense to lose to how did they fare in buffalo i think this is the team that they're supposed to beat buffalo's kind of been a tricky 
trap team this entire season so far through four games. But I think uh, Mariota and uh, it's pretty much it's gonna be a grind out game. I got Mariota and the Titans by six. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, uh, we got Miami coming off of the destruction they face in Foxborough, uh, heading to the surprisingly okay and top of their division, Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals got a couple injuries in place, but they seem to be picking up pretty well. Giovanni Bernard definitely doing his thing with the absence of Joe Mixon. Uh, how are you feeling about that game? Uh, I think Miami takes another step back. Uh, Cincinnati, I am, I'm not saying they're contenders like Steve Smith, Stephen A. Smith was saying. The other day, you got to you got to win a playoff game first. But they're definitely uh, Cincinnati stock is definitely trending, and Miami they're gonna take another step back, back down to reality. Fair enough, fair enough. Now another question I gotta ask you now: um, uh, Give me a number of seasons, not counting this season. How many more seasons is Ryan Tannehill a starter in the NFL? Three. So not counting this season. You wholeheartedly believe that he'll be a starter in the NFL to a minimum the 2021-2022 season. Yeah, that, that def- definitely after that. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, we got the new and improved, uh, you know, three wide receivers deep. And, you know, Joe Flacco led. I apologize, Joe Flacco. I'm going to give you a little bit. I'm going to take some. Like I, I said a lot of mean things. I didn't know how solid your receiving core was going to be this year. You're definitely doing better than anybody expected you to do. Uh, Baltimore Ravens heading to the, well, I mean, better than they expected, Cleveland Browns. What you got going there? Uh, obviously, we've seen what uh, Cleveland put up. They put up 42 points. They definitely got robbed in that game. If you if you watch the game, they got robbed of a late fumble. A cause from uh, Miles Garrett. Um, I, I, I like Baker. I like Baker in this game. But I definitely think Joe Flacco right now, he's going to just, he's going to outdo Baker. He's going to make the right throws. Baker's pretty much trying to put the Browns back on the map, not necessarily win games. Uh, I do think the Browns will win more than one game this year. But uh, Joe Flacco, he outdoes the rookie. It won't be by much, though. Obviously, it's a divisional game. I got, uh, I guess, I got Baltimore by 10 and that sounds like a lot but in a divisional game it's not really a lot alright fair enough fair enough alright we got the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers limping on one leg uh, going to see the Detroit Lions who with you know with baby Megatron you know and and out here beating beating Super Bowl contenders but losing the teams that'll be in the, the first five picks of the draft who you got Green Bay heading over to Detroit I got Green Bay, but something to watch in that game is uh, Randall Cobb being out with a hamstring. So uh, third-year wide receiver Jerome Allison will step in, even though he had a concussion uh, in last week's win. Last week's shutout, the Buffalo Bills 22 to zip. So definitely something to watch with Jerome Allison. Uh, you know, obviously on the show we do fantasy picks too. If you're in a deeper league like me and Merv and I am, I'm in seven leagues, not including the one I'm in with Merv and his his people. Definitely uh, Jerome Allison, his stock is trending this week due to Randall Cobb's lingering hamstring issue. So that's definitely a player to watch. I definitely got Green Bay in this one. 
Detroit finds a way to lose and Green Bay finds a way to win. I'm not going to say no point spread, though. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, we got a top three defense in Jacksonville um, heading over to Kansas City uh, to face uh, the number one offense in the league uh, in Arrowhead. Uh, how do you feel with the Jaguars heading over to the Chiefs? Uh, I'm with Jacksonville on this, but I think I think Patrick Mahomes throws his first interception of the season to Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Jalen Ramsey said about Tyreek Hill, you know, he's made the Pro Bowl, but not as position as a Pro Bowl specialist, as a kick return specialist. You know, Jalen Ramsey's still talking. Uh, he's been playing lights out this fo- football this year so far. I don't think he's given up a touchdown pass. Jacksonville defense flying all over the place. Uh, it's going to be hard for Kelsey and Kareem Hunt to get theirs. So, unless Patrick Mahomes can s- sit back there and, and carve up Jacksonville's defense, I definitely got Jacksonville. But quarterback for Jacksonville is definitely a erratic guy in Blake Bortles. So, I say this is a three to four point game at best to Jacksonville. It's Jacksonville's game to lose, and it's all on Blake Bortles at that point. Basically. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, real quick, we got uh, Denver coming off of a, of a, of a Monday night beatdown from Kansas City. I had him face the uh, New York Jets uh, with their hot and cold rookie sensation. How you feeling? Uh, it's definitely cold, man. The winter's coming. Winter's coming around. Uh, you know, saying that from uh, my Game of Thrones reference, winter's here. <laughs> um, definitely Sam Darnold. You know, he's the, he's definitely the future for the Jets. They, I feel like they made the right pick. But uh, Case Keenum, you know, and that it was, you know. They kind of got beat down, but it wasn't a blowout. They just got outplayed, and I would say it's about the last quarter and a half. Uh, and definitely, the game would have been different if Demarius Thomas would have gave a little bit more effort on that throw on the sideline. I don't think that's more on Case Keen. I think that's more Demarius Thomas because a guy like Emmanuel Sanders would have dove for that ball. But I think uh, Denver comes in. I want to say where they're stifling defense. They still got uh, a little bit left over from the Super Bowl run. Von Miller and, the, and the Derek Wolf and those guys, Shaquille Barrett. Chris Harris definitely playing lights out. You know, one of the most underrated corners in the league. I got Denver in this game by 10 plus. Okay, okay. Widespread, widespread. All right, we got, we got, we got the Atlanta. Falcons coming off of the overtime loss to the New Orleans Saints, heading over to Pittsburgh, and the only quarterback I've seen take football, like take uh, NBA type flops, and Ben Roethlisberger. How do you feel about the Falcons heading over to see the Steelers? Uh, as this was this be the first game in probably NFL history when it's a must win for both teams? Because. It- it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I can't even give you a spread in this game because I don't know I don't know what type of Matt Ryan's going to show up. And Ben Roethlisberger, yeah, he's been throwing it all over the yard, but he's been throwing interceptions too. So uh, I, that's definitely a game. I'm sorry to everybody who's listening. It's definitely a game I cannot give any scoring-wise, but I do think it's going to be who can throw the ball better, honestly. 
It's, it'll probably be a shootout in this one. <laughs> because both defenses won't show up for the game anyway? Yeah, I don't think the defenses pack, pack their back. I think the, the defenses for both teams don't show up to the second half anyway. That's fair enough. Can't argue with that. All right, then we got the New York football giants heading to, you know, North Khaki Lackey uh, to face the coming off a of bye week Carolina Panthers. Uh, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling great, baby. Uh, shout out to Saquon Barkley. My boy played at Penn State. That's my college team. But uh, let's, let, let me give you a number. I'm going to say 36. And that's the amount of games that the New York Giants have not scored over 30 points. The last time they scored 30 points is when Josh Norman and my Panthers went to New York and he pretty much had a fist fight with Odell Beckham on the field. That's the last time the Giants scored over 30 points. 36 games and counting. They'll be lucky if they get 10 this weekend. I like Carolina by two touchdowns. Sheesh. All right. You know, Odell's not a rookie no more, so that might be a different type of game. Let's get it. Uh, let's see. So then we got uh, the Oakland Raiders, who I believe their Super Bowl window has since closed, and, and John Gruden needs to go back to, to correspondence work and, and working back behind the camera, uh, taking on the L.A. Chargers. L.A. Chargers barely winning games against teams that don't have a real quarterback. I don't know who C.J. was out in, in, in 49ers territory, but he was giving them Chargers the business last week. Who you got with the Raiders against the Chargers this week? Definitely got the charges, you know, you know, you and I know, you know, we're real uh, detailed fans of the game. The Chargers are always a slow team. They play down to their competition and up to the competition, depending on the team. Uh, I, that, I don't, I don't see the, there's something to watch this week is the health of Joey Bosa. I don't, I, it hasn't been, been confirmed that he's playing this week, but Melvin Ingram, uh, and those guys, uh, Melvin Gordon, a bunch of those guys, they, you know, they more than enough to capable to handle the Oakland Raiders. All right, man. Um, let's see who gets more sacks this week, uh, the Oakland Raiders defense or Khalil Mack on a bye. Khalil Mack on a bye. He's ready for some force. He already has a force fumble in the sack. You didn't hear that? <laughs> uh, fair enough. Fair enough, man. Uh, we got. We got the Minnesota Vikings. You know, uh, you know, I want to say Kirk Cousins is doing his thing, man, but I can't say it with a straight face. Uh, getting to face the the Super Bowl champions who have to be on the worst Super Bowl World Tour I've ever seen in my life. Who you got, Minnesota at Philly? Definitely got Minnesota. And I'm going to say it now. This is going to be a blowout. Minnesota's coming for revenge. They're coming with an upgrade at quarterback. Uh, I don't know what's everybody's beef for Kirk Cousins this year. He's definitely ranked. He's definitely putting up numbers. He's on pace to beat Case Keenum's stats from last year by week eight. So let's, you know, let's let's put that into perspective. Uh, Philly, they just hurt, man. Uh, they they're hurt. I mean, even with the situation with Everson Griffin. And the whole hotel, hotel situation, he was going to pull out a gun on somebody. Huh. Whoever they bring at defensive end, 
for the for the Minnesota Vikings, but Philly can't block it. Jason Peters is still coming with battling the injury. Carson Wentz is obviously looking gimpy right now. This is potential blowout game for the for the Eagles. Do you wholeheartedly believe the Eagles make the postseason this season? Yes, but as the wild card though. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh let's see. We got the uh Look, man, Arizona or, or, or San Francisco, man. I'm not even going to get into it. Who? Arizona Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers. Oh. Ugh. Listen. Um, I don't know. We'll flip a coin. I'll flip an imaginary coin. Okay, it landed on tails. I'll go to the 49ers. <laughs> oh, I bet that was so hard. All right. We got the LA Rams, who are the only true definitive Destruction of all Listen, teams going on. I don't even on. care who they play. They're going to win that game. Who's next? <laughs> all right. We got to go in here. We got the battle for Texas. We got the Dallas Cowboys heading over to the Houston Texans. Uh, that's, the, that's the Sunday night game. What you got going? I think uh, the Texans, are, uh, even though they gave up 34 last week, I think they're actually starting to figure it out on defense. Watt looks healthy. Clowney is playing like he's back in South Carolina. He hasn't knocked the helmet off yet. Uh, we'll see Merciless, Jonathan Joseph, and those guys, Tyron Matthew, they started, I feel like they're starting to gel as a defense. Uh, I feel like Dak makes two or three mistakes in this game. When I say mistakes, just for anybody that's listening and uh, for this podcast, I'm seeing turnovers. Uh, Houston defense first forces uh, three turnovers. I do think Zeke gets his. I want to say a 240 yard total purpose game again. I give Zeke 100 on the ground. Uh, but definitely, I got Houston in this one, getting, the, getting their second win of the season. Next, we got the finale for the Week 5 NFL. We got the Washington Redskins heading over to the Superdome to face the 3-1 and New Orleans Saints. Pick wisely. It could end our friendship. <laughs> uh, listen, it depends. It depends on a lot. I think AP will probably play up to this game because, uh, you know, he spent some time with the Saints last year. But it didn't really work. But it did end up working in the long run for you guys because the emergence of Mr. Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. Uh, the consensus number two pick in fantasy football this year if Todd Gurley wasn't in playing. Um, <laughs> I definitely say the Saints, this, this has potential to be a shootout. You guys' the defense is uh, all over the place. But I think Breeze at home, under the lights, prime time, going to drop probably 35 to 48 points on that uh, suspect suspect uh, Washington defense. Washington, you know, hey, I hate to say it. Saints, like I just said, the Saints defense, they not, they haven't figured it out yet. They're not they're quite the same defense they were last year. Maybe they'll figure out towards the later part of the season. Um, definitely got the Saints in this one. Uh, definitely a fantasy game. If you got Breeze, Thomas, Camaro, one of those guys. Uh, yeah, uh, Washington doesn't really match up well anyway, quarterback-wise, running back-wise. You know. A player to watch, though, is Chris Thompson. He's definitely a little scat back for somebody looking on the waiver wire. All right, so you gave us you gave us your guy who's not on anybody's fantasy team this week. Um, now this week, who you say is going to be the highest scoring uh, NFL player in fantasy? The highest, non 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 PPR. 
non-PPR highest scoring fantasy player will probably be it is now it'll probably be Cooper Cup it's funny you should say that because I was going to go with Todd Gurley only because that Seattle matchup looks so appetizing when it comes to just eating fantasy points you can't see it right now by making the Zeke Elliott cereal eating friggin' motion right now because uh, the LA Rams going to eat. If Todd Gurley got a good matchup with those weak linebackers, just think about what Cooper Cup's looking at when there's nobody in that secondary after Errol Thomas just got in. All right, uh, last question I wanted to ask, man, real quick for you. Uh, now, we, we get the statement from Richard Sherman is that you might as well put flags on the quarterbacks that we talked about previously. Uh, having seen four weeks of football, um, how are you feeling about all the rules to protect the quarterback? Like I said, man, they want to sell. They want to sell tickets. Uh, I don't think it's fair because if you look at the sack last night on Andrew Luck, that guy got speared, and there was no call on that. So it's like, what is you know, what is the line that you're drawing? Like, is it after he's throwing the ball? He's getting hit. Are you calling the flag, or is it does if he hold on to the ball, he gets hit? Is there no flag? I need. I want to know the exact rule on why they would call it and why they would not. Because you know, if nobody caught, if nobody caught the game last night, there was a there was a play in the second quarter. Uh, I think it was late first, early second, where Andrew Luck dropped back and got pretty much speared to the ground now there was no roughing the passer call on that so like i said there's something to look for i want to know the exact rules and uh all you guys listening know me you know i'll do my homework i'll definitely get that information out and more likely i'll put it on uh our instagram page but uh like i said man it's just it's 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 ridiculous i got you man i'm gonna go put it out now the mike and merv game of the week uh, is going to go ahead and be the Atlanta Falcons versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not because we think it would be an amazing game, but it's probably the only solid game that who knows who will win. Exactly. Uh, I definitely put the stamp of approval on that. Uh, anything else you got to say to the people, Mike? Um, like I said, man, thank, thank you again countless times. I, I probably sound like a broken record at this point, but thank you to everybody that shares our video my boy kirk kirk alert uh out of tree six productions he's definitely definitely a funny guy you gotta check out his videos uh we're gonna start you know cross promoting a lot shout out to our homeboys over at the offensive line podcast having us on a couple weeks ago nothing but continuous love on there um you know big announcement we do have coming down the pipe we're gonna make a facebook page and it's, we have a lot, a lot of ideas coming, coming down the pipe. You know, we're trying to bounce ideas off each other and see what we both agree on. And we're trying to bring you guys the best, uh, the best quality available, sports-wise. And you know, we're gonna add a little comedy to it just to make, you know, just to line up the mood sometimes. And definitely, you know, the shirts are coming down the pipe. We agreeing on the design and color and all that. Once that's all settled the people that agreed like we said a couple months ago the people that helped us pick the name we will be getting in contact with everybody getting sizes and all that and 
those shirts will be sent out. Those will be the first official merchandise of the Mike and Murph podcast. Again, nothing but love and respect to everybody that loves us. And we appreciate y'all a hundred times over. Hey, man, I'm, I'm going to echo a lot of the same as Mike said. Got stuff coming down the pike. Uh, please don't hesitate to hop on the Anchor app. And if you feel the need to correct us or you got an opinion that's slightly different from ours, or if you agree with us, feel free to leave any message that you have about any sports topics on your mind. Um, and we'll be announcing the date of the next live show. Uh, so we'll to see these beautiful faces uh, once again pretty soon. Uh, we do a, a lot of wrap-ups of the next couple NFL games. Um, and yeah, man, um, can't wait to see you guys on Facebook. Chat with us on the Instagram. Um, I think we're all set. Yeah, you guys have a good night. Hey, good night, everybody. Let's go, E. One play at a time. This is what we do. Let's, Let's take go. advantage of this moment. We might not have yesterday. We might not get tomorrow, but we got today. So let's take advantage of this moment, bro. All day.